Can the Seven Mountains of Influence Shape Our World? Introduction The first recorded reference to the Seven Mountains that I can find originates with Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. In 1975, Bright was having lunch in Colorado with Lauren Cunningham, who founded Youth with a Mission. They both happened to be in Colorado at the same time. As they described this encounter, both men wrote out notes the night before their meeting in what they believed the Lord had given them to share with the other. They pulled out their notes, and line by line, they had the exact same message. That message was about the seven mountains of influence on today's nations. Francis Schaeffer received a similar message from the Lord at about the same time. All three believed that in order for the church to impact the world for Jesus Christ, it would be necessary for us to influence the seven mountains of society. What are these mountains or spheres of cultural influence? Number one is economy. Number two, government and law. Three, education. Four, religion. Five, media. Six, family. And seven, arts and entertainment. Before you poo-poo this information, let's remove the Christian connotation for a moment, shall we? Think about these areas. Ask yourself, do they have any impact on my thinking, on my life, my future plans? How about my family? I believe anyone with a modicum of integrity would readily concede the significance that these areas play in molding the shape of societies today. Before circling back to Christianity and Jesus, consider the number one reason that governments and economies fail. It's corruption. A system of prosperity without values and ethics is doomed for collapse from the beginning. However, a nation that dedicates their stewardship to a calling higher than the individual will always rise to the cream of the top. For 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus spoke about the kingdom and nations. Examine Matthew 28, 18-20. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even unto the end of the world. Amen. How about Revelation twenty-one twenty-six? And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And finally, consider the Lord's message to Abraham, and I will make you a father of nations. Clearly, the Lord is interested in nations. My name is Mark Russick, and you're listening to The Russick Outlook. Can the Seven Mountains of Influence Shape Our World? As I said in the opening, if one were to examine the primary areas of influence into our culture and thinking, the following seven subgroups cover the vast majority of the population, if not all. Consider the far-reaching effect each of these areas may have on you. Number one, 
in no particular order. Economy, number two. Government and law, number three. Education, number four. Religion, number five. Media, six. Family, and finally, number seven arts and entertainment. Interestingly, the past 20 years have impacted these categories across international boundaries more than the last 20 centuries combined. What is so significantly different about today? Technology. Just consider this case in point. An advanced discovery in a biology lab in Tel Aviv can be extrapolated and further evaluated by partners in Madrid and Toronto almost immediately. Thereby, the results of their work can reach the marketplace and potentially the masses far quicker than imagined even 10 years earlier. The growth of the tech industry has revolutionized all seven of these areas almost simultaneously. The transformation of these groups is now being impacted exponentially by the speed and mass of information dissemination. What once took years or decades can now take place within a span of days, weeks, or months. Since I believe these mountains of significance have the capacity to cause a shift in the tectonic plates of culture, it stands to reason that the speed and lack of warning that hits the world or the nations that may be impacted strongly resembles a sociological tremor. The difference here between an actual physical quake is the desired outcome is sometimes predetermined. For example, the information contained in one tweet from America's current president has the ability to dictate how the markets may react for the opening bell in Hong Kong the following day. This, in turn, has the ability to further drive the economic direction for London, Frankfurt, and New York mere hours later. An example of this currently is U.S. President Trump's proposals for trade tariffs with China and some European companies. This is clearly causing global trade tensions. As China responds to the U.S. tariffs, European shares are falling farther down in real-time reaction to two continents' government activities other than their own. This, in turn, can have a double boomerang effect back to Asia, the U.S., and their neighbors. Contrast this to the display of economic sovereignty at the close of World War II, a bare 75 years ago. The war bought the return of prosperity, and in the post-war period, America consolidated its position as the world's richest country, bringing the U.S. phenomenal economic growth. All of this was somehow taking shape, even though the majority of ports in Europe and many in Asia had been completely destroyed or badly damaged. Most bridges had been blown up. Railway locomotives and rolling stock had vanished. Great cities such as Warsaw, Kiev, Tokyo, and Berlin were piles of rubble and ash. This could not happen in today's global economic climate. The world's economies are far too reliant upon each other today. What impacts one country or region today certainly has far-reaching effects across the globe tomorrow. 
Technology is one of the primary pillars to be first laid in place when launching or expanding organizations today. In the not too recent past, one used to attend school or university classes with book bags or knapsacks filled with books. Not only are these books now offered in digital formats on one slim notebook, real-time interactive response is also available for a quiz, test, or a self-imposed progress tool to measure comprehension of the material. This is no longer relegated to educational institutions, but any entity that demands specialized training for their employees. Now consider the reliance on custom software development that directly impact advances in medicine, energy, harvesting, and or distribution of food and water to third world nations or perhaps people in need for whatever the reasons. Some of these common examples can offer a glimpse as to how these spheres of influence can cross-pollinate with each other for man's greater good. Let's consider an example of the various areas of expertise required to help deliver clean drinking water to a community, town, or tribe in need. The following is a speculative but realistic scenario of the illustration being described here. The first mountain that we'll consider is education. This will be the education of the scientists, doctors, software and structural engineers that will develop the foundation as to how this water will be pumped, filtered, and delivered to the locals. Next is the business community. They will be the ones to provide funding for the project. They have to develop the business and contribution plans, working with the banks, the financial and investment companies, seeking out philanthropic outreaches and contacts. The third mountain or area of influence we're looking to is the government. They can offer assistance and cooperation with the private business sector by providing logistical and geographic gateways to reach the people in need. Fourth is the religious institution's assistance, which is motivated by their mission of love and humanitarian compassion for one another. Number five would be the media's coverage for newsworthiness, publicity, marketing, and perhaps expansion. Six is arts and entertainment. This mountain has the power to drive more public awareness from a multitude of levels within their own platforms. This includes, but is not limited to, writers, artists, musicians, photographers, cameramen, web developers, and media tech gurus. And finally, the seventh mountain is the family, perhaps the most dramatically impacted as they could be the potential recipients of this clean drinking water. So as you see, all of these seven platforms working together and with one another can have a wonderful, far-reaching impact on society. Let me now offer a scenario that introduces a fundamental conflict of interest between two mountains. Consider the educational curriculum's teaching on evolutionary science that may imply there is no God, thereby probably influencing some students' previous assessment of purpose in life family, and faith. These young students may have been taught one way in their earlier years, but are now listening to arguments that challenge their evaluation by introducing new paradigms. In the end, only one of these two vastly different perspectives can be true. Yet the conclusion one takes 
has perhaps lifelong and eternal implications for the individual and other people that cross their path. Glancing at these subjects on the surface may seem insignificant or inconsequential, but if we were to consider the eternal implications rather than the temporal ramifications of the here and now, well, that just may be a game changer. There was another situation earlier this week where there was a gala at the Met in New York City. Uh, the theme of this annual event, which is a very high-profile uh, event, is called Heavenly Bodies, Fashion and the Catholic Imagination. Now, in this, you could see that the mountains of media, the arts, and religion join together. Um, the, New York City being the fashion capital of the world. And what kind of st struck out to me was there was uh, Rihanna dressing up with uh, a mini dress and the headset of the Pope, Katy Perry with angel wings, and there was many, many outfits that were just mocking the cross and doning things. Sarah Jessica Parker, a headdress with flames, and and the whole thing just kind of jumped out at me as, you know, I, I it, it offended me honestly, uh, and it, and it mocked Christianity. Um, and I, all I could think of was they would never, ever dare do this to Islam or Buddhism or Hinduism or Judaism. Can you imagine next year where they say, okay, well, we're going to wear you know, the burqa outfit or, or the kashif? And they would never do this, but they think nothing of mocking Christianity. So here you have these different areas of influence working in, in what I think is a, is a negative outcome. So, uh, you know, the purpose of this section is to document current examples that are impacting these societal changes within their respective fields of proficiency. As I do this, I suspect that I will run across examples of men, women, and organizations that are determined to climb their mountain of influence and plant the flag of eternity when they reach their goals. Consequently, there will be others that their decisions or their missions may impact their final destinations in eternity, and they may not be considering that now. So I'm just trying to shed some light on this subject. Let me close with the following two scriptures. No one can begin to understand eternity. Job 36:26. He has put eternity in their hearts. Ecclesiastes 3:11. As always, just my opinion. My name is Mark Russick, and thanks for listening to The Russick Outlook.